you know, when you come back to the office after winning a big event, what's the reception like? Are you, you know, kind of a legend around the office? I mean, it's it's got to be great for the for your company to have someone who represents the U.S. and winning all these big events. You know, I keep telling them the same thing. <laughs> I keep telling them the same thing. Welcome back to The Loop. I'm Alex Myers. As always, I'm joined by Steve Hennessy, Christopher Powers. Got a great episode coming up. Um, awesome, awesome chat with Stuart Hagestad, fresh off his third win at the U.S. Mid-Am, uh, joining elite company. Not many people have won three of the same USGA titles. Obviously, Tiger's done it in what, three different USGA events. But other than that, you know, it's it's a very small list um, and and certainly an impressive list to be on. I think, Stu, there's, there's that guy, Nathan Smith, I think, has won mm-hmm. four US. Mm. That's, that's the guy who Stu's gunning for now. But he's only 32. He's got plenty of time to do that. By the way, there, there's no top age limit on the US Mid-Am. It just, I looked it up, it's just at least 25 years old. Right. So that's it. I mean, Stu could be just racking up titles for decades to come. I mean, he looks like he's in great shape. Yeah. Telling us routine, going to the gym every night and what, and hitting balls. What an animal. In so, between going to the office and like someone on yeah. Twitter clapped back at us before and like, wow, oh, he, he doesn't really have a day job. It really sounded like it. he had yeah. to ask for permission from his boss to even play in the mid-am in the, the Walker Cup, which is incredible. So the, the interview is great. Stuart was, was awesome. So big fan of his now. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's funny because I kind of heard the same thing, but he also said he came out of graduate school and now got another job. So maybe like his first job was like that because I had heard he does he did play a lot. He entertained clients, this and that. But this job certainly doesn't seem like that, Steve, as you mentioned. I mean, he, he said he had to ask his boss who then had to run it up the flagpole. Um, you know, it, and, and again, he was he talked to us from the office. He showed us. He actually in an office. He was not wearing golf clothes, so it's not like he was sneaking out. And um, it was in between calls. He had a call at three, he had a call out, you know, like so. Very reputable. The guy, I, I it sounds legit. He, he said basically made it like, especially during the off season. I mean, he he only plays on the weekends basically, and he does a lot of practicing at night. So he's he's at the office till seven o'clock every night. I mean, one of us. I mean, grinder. Yeah, grinding it. What a legend. So anyway, stick around for our chat with Stuart Hagestad. First, we got to talk about another star. Um, and this is a star in the making in Saith Tagala. Um, well, and, Mer- and Merle Tagala, obviously, his dad, uh, who was the breakout star of, of season one of Full Swing on Netflix. I, I, seriously, when I saw that episode, I remember when Sam and Shane and I did the podcast, I remember I was like, this guy is the best part of the show um i know people got a little tired of them showing to the crowd but i thought it was cool he had 35 people or whatever there um you know it's in his native state and um he comes through and wins finally uh it, it's it's great it's a long time coming and um you know it's the first of many wins for this guy probably right yep. and we started uh the, the uh the betting column golfdigest.com with a oh, Stevie. So yeah, which of course we didn't do picks last week. The one episode the we don't give our, our picks. I know. Which we uh, won't to why that happened. It's not our fault. Let's just not say our fault. Just a, a very guest who best three words in the uh he bailed. language, not our fault. 
I mean, one of the class players, it was kind of like, why is he playing in this event? But a Cali kid, like you mentioned, and mentioned how much he loves um, putting on POA. You know, these are, I think, a Bentgrass POA mix, but um, had played here last year, had a top finish, had some good finishes in the FedEx Cup. So, you know, I thought there was good conviction there. Um, so got home with it. And yeah, great for Tagala. I mean, I, I wrote this up in the column. It was it was almost as as if, he may have been a little – he knew he shouldn't have been on the Ryder Cup team, but in the back of his mind, if he had a better 2023, he probably yeah. felt like he should have been in the conversation. So that was also a bit of the motivation, I thought. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he had been so close a, a bunch of times and, you know, heartbreaking fashion in Scottsdale, Travelers. So great Scottsdale for him. was the worst with that bounce, yeah. that bounce on 17. Pretty unlucky. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he pulled it, obviously, but, um, you know, to get wet there was was brutal and, you know, great drama for the Netflix show. So you're right, Myers, this kid's a star um, and he's so much fun to watch. Like he doesn't have a conventional swing. He's very much swing your swing. He'll hit it a little wayward from time to time. But, you know, great short game, um, you know, great imagination, creativity. And he's a he's a winner. And now he is uh, on tour. So awesome stuff. Yeah, handled himself nicely on Sunday. It's not easy really? to do, as uh, as we know with some of the guys we bet on. So cool to see, cool to see his family. They're they're every, I was following them a little at Augusta. Actually, they are they had like matching uniforms that week. I remember <laughs> they are they are pretty electric. I don't know how they keep track of everybody, uh, right? Because there's like thirty. We saw that picture. It was like forty of them. Crazy. I'm sure people get lost at some point along the way, but they all they all find each other again. It's funny though, Steve, because you're right. He he was literally asked on Friday, "Why are you here?" Yeah, and he was like, "Uh, what do you like? Yeah. I love this tournament. I'm from California. I'm. I mean, this. He said, "I'm a I'm a golf addict. I had three weeks off. Basically, that that's too much for me. Right. I wanted to get back out there asap." He said, but the point was that this new fall schedule was for the guys who don't have their card locked up. Um, and, and, you know, it's like Tagala was almost like slumming it by, by jumping in there and, 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 and beating these guys. But I mean, more power to him. It's great. And I'm, and the, the PGA tour wants the bigger names to show up. That's the only danger with this new format is like the big names don't have to show up anymore. Not that they used to in the fall anyway, but they, the only the fear was that they would be so far behind in the FedEx Cup point standing by the time January came around. But now these don't count for FedEx Cup points, so it's different. But the money is real. The exemptions are real, you know, into the Masters, into the other big events. Um, but, yeah, no, he, he, he wanted to play. And good for him. I mean, if you've never won a tournament, why would you be sitting out a tournament, especially one where you have you think you have a great chance of winning? So I love the attitude. Um on the flip side, you had Jimmy Walker saying, well, this is total bullshit, this whole setup with the fall, which, again, this has nothing to do with Tagala, but um, but it speaks to, again, most of the people are trying to earn their card. Jimmy Walker finished 124th during the what used to be the regular season, but now he has to play this fall schedule and maintain the 125th. He didn't like that. He says it was confusing. He said there was miscommunication. Based on what we saw with the whole live merger potentially and everything else, I don't blame him for saying there was a lack of communication. It does sound like there was that, but I don't know. What What do you guys in general think about this fall schedule? Um, I kind of like it because 
it, it there's something to play for, uh, but it's also not counting towards next season, which I always thought was a little cheap for for maybe some of the guys, especially yeah. for you know I know Jimmy Walker's a major winner, but guys in his position, you know, we're kind of playing these events just to rack up right points right. that would somehow come into play, you know, later in the summer. I don't I don't think that should be the case. I actually agree with you, Myers. I, I kind of love the new format. The, I where I agree with him is I was watching, I think Friday night or Saturday night, and they put on the screen like exactly the the breakdown of if you can get into the top 50, you're in the the all the signature events. Top 70, you're in like the first two of them. It was like the first time I had really seen it laid out on the TV screen. Mm. Um so I, I agree with him there. There, there's definitely some miscommunication. Like if somebody asked me last week, what are these fall events for? I, you know, as a golf writer who should know this stuff, I wouldn't have been able to clearly explain it until I saw that graphic no, on screen Saturday night. Yeah. And Jimmy Walker plays on the PGA Tour. He's in the right. same boat. So there obviously was a little right. Well, he, he says he had people texting him, hey, congrats, I'm finishing the top 125. <laughs> and he was like, I had to tell them. Well, it's like, okay, again, you and I are golf writers and we don't even know it all. So, of course, his buddies aren't going to know the exact situation. Um, and so to get frustrated about that, I, I get it. That's one thing. But you still were, are given a defined amount of tournaments that you have to finish in the top 125. So these these anyone out of the top 70 has to then finish in the top 125 out of here. So if you're in the top 100, you still basically wouldn't have to show up to any of these fall events and you would still, you're not going to get passed by 25 people. Yeah. But Jimmy Walker is on the bubble, 124. He finished T30 this week. He moved up now to, I see, 121st. So, you know, another week or so like that, he'll get to keep his card. So it's, I don't, yeah, I don't really, it just kind of extended the qualifying for guys like him. And now next year, everybody knows it going into the year. It, it, it'll be better for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think that yeah. the fall, I'm fine with the fall schedule where, you know, it kind of affects things. Are these things that they're limited fields, no cuts. Like I, I don't agree with, with that part. And yet the fact that the tour players and Joel Damon, we talked to him a few weeks ago. He's like, yeah, I'm not really sure. How oh yeah. He was like, I, I should read up on that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, so Jimmy Walker is not alone. Um, right. And the, the casual fan not having any idea either. Like that's part of golf's problem with all of the FedEx cup stuff is like, how do you explain it to the, the casual fan? So that's, it's even getting more complicated than ever before. Yeah. It's not a great thing. Yeah, that's true. And, and, and right. It, it used to be that cutoff at Greensboro. And then you also had Q school, which everybody knew. Okay. Yeah. Now's your chance. If you get through this tournament, you're in. But now it's like, oh, what do you get? You, you get your uh, Corn Ferry Tour status and certain number. You get to this status or this status. And these guys, by the way, the, the top. It's not like it's not like being 125 is equal, like Steve and Chris are saying, to to being number 70. Obviously, the higher up you can go, the better. It just it helps your when there's like these reshuffles and all this stuff. Um, you know, number 100 is not going to be getting into the signature events, but you have a better chance of getting into basically every other event that you want to versus 125. If everybody decides they want to play that week, it gets tough with, with other exemptions and, and things going on. So um, it, yeah, it, it it's always going to be a little confusing. I think we'll get a little more used to it now. It was, look, it was confusing when they went to the wraparound schedule. I remember mm -hmm. and Jimmy Walker happened to be 
one of the first the first person who benefited from that. He started back, killing back it. In Napa, yeah. Right. Back to back. And it ended up, you know, that got him in the torch. You know, everyone's like, ah, it's Jimmy Walker, whatever. That kept him going. And, and he ended up having a nice run. Of course, he won a major. He made the, you know, Ryder Cup team. Um, and, you know, he's had the health issues and everything like that. It was great to see him back this year. And it's great to see him in the top 135. I think hopefully he'll be able to uh, keep his card. Um, it's funny. You mentioned Saeed, um, Saeed with the, uh, the Ryder Cup stuff. Because we joked all year. Every time someone wins, it's like, hmm, Ryder Cup? But I mean, if it had happened a few couple months ago, right? But uh, maybe maybe in a couple years for him. Speaking of Ryder Cup, obviously, most of the focus was on Justin Thomas. And I know he had a tough Sunday. But overall, guys, um, how do you feel about how he did? I know he added a new long, uh, longer driver, like literally longer, that that seemed to work for him. Um, he he played great through three rounds. He didn't play great on Sunday, but he still finished fifth place. Not the greatest field, but still, I got to say, that's a big step in the right direction for him, I think. Yeah, probably just, you know, positive momentum going into the Ryder Cup, too, for him, getting the right mental space. Um, and I have no doubt that he'll, you know, enter Rome thinking that he's, you know, the leader of that team. And he is, I think, if you ask any of the players, like, he's a huge part of that team room. So, um, yeah, I, I think he will ultimately rise to the occasion and, you know, he's still figuring it out. Like I, I saw a bunch of putts of his, uh, this week and there are some like really bad short misses, like we've kind of seen from him. So, you know, you better fix that for the Ryder yeah. cup where putting is everything. Um, but the iron play looked more vintage JT, which is great. Um, and yeah, interesting going to a longer driver. People are usually transitioning to a shorter yep. driver for control and he tends to be a little wild but worked for him in napa so yeah good to see i, I think uh that, that was the right move to play last week and t5 is no joke i mean not a great field but i mean homa sahith it, it was decent at the top yeah for sure yeah absolutely and uh so you mentioned the short putts i i like him in the Ryder Cup environment, though, when you can kind of hammer putts at the hole and um, True. hole out a bunch of chips, he, he, we know he's very good at that. So um, you don't have to be too afraid of the comebacker. Obviously, not everything's good, and and you know he'll be the first one to put his putter in the um, cup and and check the <laughs> length of the gimme. But um, to not be afraid of that comebacker, I think should serve him well. Uh, Ryder Cup week, I think he's. He's gonna, I think he's gonna be great. I'm like I've said this. I'm definitely gonna bet him top point score for for America. Because well, I hope you did it. Should go out early, and and if he wins early, yeah. hopefully he plays all five. I hope you did it already though, because this week must have changed the odds pretty significantly. Yeah, I mean, I don't even I know if they have him up. I doubt yeah. that's available yet. Um, yeah. Oh really? I saw some people. Yeah. Putting other other bets. I saw uh, all the maybe know, offshore. Yeah. With the yeah with the the Ludwig. Um, mm. Bet oh, yeah, we're talking about Feinberg. And by the way, it's Ludwig. Now I'm butchering this. It's Obear. That's how you say it. Obear. He was on a podcast. They asked him, and there's actually it was really weird. He there's there's actually two accepted pronunciations because there's the normal, uh, uh, sweet pronunciation. Right, Swedish. Right. Yes. And then because he's from South. Southern Sweden, there's a different pronunciation, but he basically said, oh, bear. 
Really getting Straight the weeds Breaking down the Swedish dialect. Ludwig Ober. So let's get used to because there's some symbol on the A said. Yeah. And then in that language, the the G is silent, I guess, at the end. That yeah. wouldn't have wouldn't have been one of my first 50 guesses. No, we're not. We're not. Uh, but good to know. Um, speaking of him and a bunch of other people, just real quick, congrats to Ryan Fox. That's a big win, BMW PJ Championship. I'm surprised this guy never made has, hasn't made a President's Cup team yet. <laughs> Obviously, that's going to change next year because he beat literally the entire European Ryder Cup team. I mean, it was a who's who, including Ludwig, um, who had his first little you know come back to earth moment here with uh, you know 54 hole lead and he and he kind of crashed and burned on on Sunday. Um, I think he finished tied for 10th still but you had rory up there you had victor rory and victor by the way are the new the budding bromance in all of golf uh, some of the clips are hysterical you had rom playing better finally so a lot of good signs for team europe but in the end ryan fox is able to beat all of them um okay speaking of beating all of them Stuart hagestad our next guest uh keep it rolling with the with another great guest here on the loop pod, uh, we had Stu in fresh off again that third U.S. mid-am victory. Um, final that they took a five up, seven up lead, I think, at one point at Sleepy Hollow. I think it got to two, but it just never really was close. I mean, this guy is just a machine in match play. So, anyway, please listen to our chat with Stuart Hagestad. We are very excited to welcome three-time U.S. Mid-Amp champ, Stuart Hagestead, to the podcast. Stu, thank you so much for joining us today. What, what is that? Are you still kind of, uh, you know, letting it sink in that you're a three-time champ of that uh, prestigious event? I mean, I'm sure you can see the smile on my face. It's, <laughs> uh, I don't even know what to say. It's it's all a blur. You know, there's so many emotions. I'm elated. I'm exhausted. Um, pretty cool. Pretty cool. But thank you. Yeah, no, you got, I mean, you mentioned being exhausted. It is a marathon and obviously it got stretched out even longer, which I know seems to happen almost every year because you, you always get one bad day in there. Um, what What is it? How is it possible to make it through such a gauntlet? A, it's match play. B, it's, you know, how many, six matches you have to win plus the stroke play part. Talk about just the the length of the week and the, the toll that that championship and other, you know, the USAM and other championships like that take on you. Sure. Um, so physically, you're okay. You kind of get to the round of 16 or um, the round of eight, somewhere in there. And you're like, you're tired, but adrenaline kind of carries you over. It's mm -hmm. more mentally and emotionally, just because with every match, um, as I said in media um, at some point, like, it's super normal for like, you know, the what ifs and the voices to kind of like start entering your head. Um, but you also just kind of got to focus on the task at hand and everyone's really good. Right. So you gotta, you gotta just kind of try and bring your best to every match. And, and, uh, you know, every now and then you're going to get one where you got your best stuff and someone else has their best stuff. And, you know, hopefully you do your thing and you come out on top, but also it's kind of a survive and advance type deal. Right. So, um, as it applies to the delays, certainly for this week with the mid, um, I had just come back from Scotland. Yeah. I got mm. back on Monday. I was in the office Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I'm like trying to survive and wow. like concern 
conserve energy. And I might've been the only person in the field that was like, no, 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 we're super on board with the delays. Like during the first <laughs> one, I took a nap. Like <laughs> our head of family office at work as a member at Fenway. And uh, I guess he came into this room where I was because someone like told him I was down there and he found me passed out in a chair. Like <laughs> he's got the, he's got this picture of me that I'm sure will be sure will be used against me at some point but oh, yeah uh, that has to go viral it's all awesome. totally no no it's all good i love it i love it but um yeah man it's um crazy week crazy yeah. week well obviously with this comes the uh you know expected invitation to augusta national to play in your third masters so um i mean is that the thing that your buddies and everyone is just talking about at this point like dude you get to play in the masters again and how cool is that well, hey, fingers crossed, right? You know, yeah. it's a it's a likely invitation, right. and um, you know, that'd be a dream come true. But I think I think right now we're just kind of trying to enjoy this moment. Um, you put so much, so much mental energy and so much just thought into the USGA events, and there's, as I said, there's so many great players. Um, you know, there's so much golf that goes into it. There's so much preparation that goes into it. Like, um, you think back to whether. You know, I don't really hit a ton of balls in the wintertime. So you think back to workouts on on Saturdays and Sundays, you know, um, when you're mildly hungover watching college football and <laughs> you don't want to be there. And, right. you know, so there's just there's a lot of things you kind of think about. But I think right now the biggest thing is just, you know, Tiger, who's I think we all agree the most, you know, efficient and, and, and proficient winner of our lifetime. Right. You know, only one, what, just shy of 25% of his starts. Right. You, you, you get beat a lot more than, than, than the alternative, you know, in, in golf. And I just think it's really important to, to kind of take a step back and, and try and appreciate, you know, kind of what's happened. And it's, um, it's pretty special. Obviously you've played in a ton of USGA events throughout the years and there are different championships, but to me, I mean, the mid-am is so cool. I know the USGA put out that great video at some point during the, the tournament, which had people saying what their jobs were. Because, you know, the USAM, it's basically all just college kids now. But mm -hmm. then US Mid-AM, and it's actually guys like yourself who have jobs. I mean, you're back in the office the Monday after winning. Uh, tell us about that and, and what is your normal schedule like? I know in the summer and the spring, I'm sure when, you know, it's tournament season, it's a little different. But, but you know, you're like, you're in the office right now. And that's yeah. Yeah. So I work at a firm called BDT and MSD. Um, you know, it's run by a guy named Byron Trott and Greg Lemkow. Um, we 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 work with a lot of family family offices, family businesses. Um, without going too much into detail, if people want to Google it, they can find whatever they find online. But you know, we've got a great platform, and we work with a lot of great people. And um, I'm very lucky to be here. And you know, over the years, I've had the chance to to spend a lot of time, you know, either with people that we've had the chance to work with that are tangentially in our network, but um, you know, we have, we have a great operation and I'm lucky to be a part of it, but, um, as it kind of applies to the, to the mid-am, yeah, I, I, I ran it by my boss, um, you know, a week ago and I, I say this kind of in jest, but also kind of seriously. So hopefully it's taken the right way, but, you know, I go into his office and I was like, yeah, like, I'd really love to play the mid-am and, you know, um, he was kind of like, yeah, I'll run it up the flagpole. And in my head, I'm like, run up the flagpole. Like, come on, there's... <laughs> It's a couple, a couple pretty unique potential right. carrots at the end of this. So, right. Um, my made it, my mind had been made up, but um, yeah. you know, it's not always not always up to me. So, no, it's um, I got to tell you, 
I think it's to me part of what makes amateur golf so much fun. I don't know how guys on on tour do it. You know, playing five, six, seven weeks straight. That to me is crazy. A long right. time ago, I I kind of came to the conclusion that if I was um, if I was going to play, I was going to throw everything I had at it. And um, I just get mentally really tired after a couple weeks. Um, so that kind of goes back to that five, six, seven week stretch like that. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like I think part of what makes amateur golf, you know, for me, so compelling is basically you allow yourself the chance to miss it. And I mean, you can, you can go on the internet, you can find out how much I play. I don't play four balls. You know, I've, I've, I've really never played, um, the USGA four ball. I've played it a couple of times, but in recent years I haven't, um, I'm really lucky that I kind of get to pick and choose my schedule. And when I do play, I, I try and, um, you know, I try and kind of bring it. So, um, doesn't mean any guarantees, but, you know, I think over the years I've kind of found what, what maybe works for me and how to prepare the right way. And, um, so again, when, when March kind of rolls around and you, you golf starts to get a little bit warmer and certainly here in the Northeast, you know, there's a day or two that's in the fifties, like low fifties and sunny is a lot nicer, you know, in March than it is in October. Yeah. Yes. Right? <laughs> so, so when that time rolls around, you kind of start getting the edge. You're like, man, I kind of want to go chip. Or right, go right. Chip. Yeah, right. So, um, Anyways, that's that's a longer answer than you needed. So, yeah. I mean, that's amazing that you had to ask your boss for yeah. permission to play the the mid am. That's, I mean, you're you're living the life of of most of us who you know are, are just trying to get as much golf in as possible. So, I'm I'm curious, like you know, when you have these big events, you know, Walker Cup, mid am, am, what's your sort of prep like, like in between work hours, and how do you sort of balance it and like how much are you actually getting out to practice in between going to the office and stuff yeah 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 so i'll run you through my schedule so well i'll, I'll start with this right i'll take a step back and say coming out of graduate school i got done in, in may of 22 and i interviewed a whole bunch of different times with a whole bunch of different people um and kind of throughout that process i said hey like i'm relatively well positioned to potentially represent the United States and to be on this mm-hmm. team. And it's something I'd really like to try and pursue. It's at the home of golf. Um, easily golf's most, in my opinion, it's most um, important venue, right? Historically, it kind of serves as really the catalyst for the game itself and kind of how, you know, rules were created and a lot of different traditions with the game. And it was just, it was a big deal to me. So, you know, I was fortunate and lucky enough to kind of be a part of that. And obviously we, we had a great week, but um, it took a little bit of, it took a little bit of convincing and a little bit of begging, um, <laughs> to, to be able to play, you know, in a handful of things. And, um, you know, I had a commitment obviously to work and I wanted to be fair to them and, you know, different assignments and projects that I'm on, but at the same time, um, give myself the best opportunity to try and, you know, be a part of that team. And obviously part of that is kind of putting in the work to allow yourself to go practice. So answering your question about, a practice routine. Um, I'd say a couple times a week, I'll wake up in the morning and I'll roll putts mm. before work. I usually get to the office anywhere between 845 and 915. We start a little later here in New York. So um, I'll typically leave anytime between 630 and seven. And then I'll take the subway down to a place in the financial district called Nexus. Um, I'll hit balls in the basement. I've got a couple simulators down there. We've got um, one of those like greens that's meant to like fit putters that no one ever uses. Mm, right. Okay. Sometimes it breaks left. Um, 
not all the time. Sometimes okay. I have to finagle it and throw a piece of paper underneath one of the legs, but that's all right. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so I'll do that. Uh, typically anywhere from like seven thirty to nine thirty, nine forty-five, and then uh, then I'll go upstairs in the same building and I'll go work out. Typically get back around eleven, order dinner on my way up, eat. Typically try and get into bed between like eleven thirty, eleven forty-five, and then do it all over again. I'm not really fun during the summer. So that's my Monday through uh, Friday when I'm not yeah. flying. And then on weekends, you know, I'll go practice and do my thing. I, I'm really lucky. I love to practice. Some people don't. Um, right. By the way, Stephen, I think I see your daughter back there. That's yeah, yeah, that's that's her. <laughs> she knew that we had a little celebrity on here. So she's trying to get a, a peek. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and then on weekends, yeah, like, you know, sometimes if I get bored in the afternoon, I'll go play nine, um, play a ton um i think my game is, is a little better suited you know just to aim at the middle of the green and favor the pin and just kind of try and do that a bunch of times i really enjoy the process of like feeling um like my body almost like develop muscle memory i like doing drills like i find it kind of therapeutic if i want to scratch the itch in the winter time not to say that i won't practice but i'll put in a podcast and go chip for an hour and mm-hmm. sometimes i get into a rhythm and one turns into two or three on a weekend so okay. i don't know just yeah. kind of like that what um at, at, you know when you come back to the office after winning a big event what's the reception like are you you know kind of a legend around the office i mean it's it's got to be great for the for your company to have someone who represents the us and winning all these big events you know i keep telling them the same thing <laughs> i keep telling them the same thing right yeah. um you know we've got a small contingent small but growing contingent of of, of guys and gals that uh that play and have, have played and Luckily, we have a very competitive firm. We've got a lot of, you know, kind of either ex-collegiate athletes or, you know, that that played at, at some level kind of after school. So we have a very competitive environment. Um, one of our CEOs is a golfer. Um, so there's there's a little bit of of that that goes on. But at the same time, you know, we've, we've got a lot of stuff going on. And, um, you know, for the most part, it's it's I try and try and keep a relatively low profile mm. um, that that initiative is is challenging after the last you know couple of weeks yeah right um but at the same time that's a really good problem to have and um you know it's it's uh i'm happy to i'm happy to die on that hill so to speak i'm wondering with all the success you've had as an amateur i think four walker cups now three u.s mid-am titles what's like the coolest thing that golf has allowed you to do that might surprise people so you know, obviously getting to play the old course in an event like that, Seminole, all these great places, but maybe, you know, through your travels or just yeah. through golf, something that's maybe surprising that's that you've done, which is cool. Yeah, this one's this one's actually pretty straightforward um, for me. And I think when we're young, you know, a lot of the people that we look up to as athletes are, you know, athletes are, um, you know, titans of industry, so to speak, but in their own respective field, right? Obviously, like, in our generation, like your Tom Brady's, Michael Jordan's, LeBron's, mm-hmm. Kobe coming up on the West Coast, Tiger, Roger Federer, Novak, Nadal, so on and so forth. But I think as I've gotten older, the people that I really look up to are, you know, folks that have built compelling companies and have passions outside of work that they're super involved in and are amazing fathers and husbands and have just really done a tremendous amount for life's different verticals and have left a far more interesting kind of path behind them than maybe just sports. Mm-hmm. So it really, for me, just kind of comes down to relationships and some of the people that I've not just had the chance to meet, 
output that I've had the chance to kind of curate and organically create relationships with. Mm-hmm. Um, and without the game of golf, you know, none of that would be possible. It's a, it's obviously, you know, you guys both know as well as anyone, it's a, it's kind of a unique and intimate group. And when I think about a lot of my adult friendships, you know, a lot of times there's a very common bond and a common link and that link is golf. Mm-hmm. Get in. You've, you've now played on four winning Walker cup teams, obviously at St. Andrews was, was particularly special. What, what was that week like? And, and also I got to ask you about this whole W hat fake controversy <laughs> yeah. that the, the British press tried to make up. So yeah, well, was what, that on your guys? Yeah. Radar? <laughs> I mean, what a, yeah, that was, that felt forced. <laughs> um yeah yeah interesting um <laughs> so shoot i'm so off what was the question i that's well you know just the week in general getting to play there and getting to oh get yeah a big win and and like i said i mean not that many people have played on four winning walker cup teams i mean that's that's pretty special yeah um well thank you that's that's nice of you to say and um it's it's a dream come true, right? Like it's something I look back and it's something I would have never thought was possible. And um, again, it goes back to what I've said a couple of times already. There's so many great players out there and kind of the opportunity to represent the United States and amateur golf um, is something that, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of and something that I, I, I put a lot of work and effort to and kind of circled on my calendar for a long time. And um it's just it's an honor it's an honor and a privilege to have played on various teams but more specifically as it applies to this year you know at the home of golf um you know playing for someone i've looked up to for a very long time who's since kind of become a good friend and mike mccoy and playing with you know a bunch of guys that are going to certainly go on to have tremendous success whether it's on the pga tour or other places um so many fond memories i mean so many things you'll remember for the rest of your life as far as um other things that went on that week. Yeah. I, I can't really speak to that, but you know, they've had those W hats made since 27 or 2013. And, right, right. um, you know, when it, when the question was kind of asked, you know, um, what about the hats? I mean, it said Walker cup on the hat. Right. And <laughs> it's pretty clear what it was for now, if they right. want to interpret that a different way, you know, either to create a story or create a narrative, Hey, you do you, but, um, you know, it certainly stood for Walker before, but you know, if you want to create that narrative, I'm, I've never been a huge fan of of giving the opposing team extra bolts and board material. Like, right. you <laughs> I mean, you're dealing with some of the best players in the world, whether it's on their side or our side. You don't, right? No, there's no need to, you know, create a narrative that didn't exist. So, anyways, right. weird. It's what, what about you just being? I'm sorry, Steve. What about Not just good. being the, the the old the old guy on the team now? I mean, you're. You thirty at thirty two. I think you were almost twice the age of some of the the guys on there. What's that? I like? played a kid that was sixteen, right, man? Yeah, was, right. You, there was a sixteen year old in there. Yeah. yeah, Connor Graham. What a beast That's he is! I told crazy. him after we won or yeah. after we we played, and you know, I was fortunate to come out on top. I was like, hey, man, like, I know you're bummed, but I can't even imagine, you know, the emotion and adrenaline and the way that he handled himself, you know, in front of who knows how many friends and family and representing right. his country and. What an unbelievable accomplishment. So That's credit cool. to him. But uh, I've got two younger brothers. And I think when it comes to the golf side of it, certainly like on paper, I'm older, right? But we've all kind of competed against each other trying to make that team. And mm. I think everyone has a ton of like mutual respect for everybody else. Um, one thing I learned pretty early when I played on the 17 team, you know, I thought I could be like that older brother presence of, you know, telling guys to hit it to certain pins or, you know, go with this and it makes sense to be here. And 
I learned pretty quickly that they're really good. They're a lot better than I am. So <laughs> shut your mouth. And if they ask questions, you can answer it. But um, yeah, they're so good. If they ask questions and answer it. And if they if they need a hug, give them a hug. And if they need a kick in the ass, then give them a kick in the ass. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> nice. Well, last one for me. Sorry, yeah, this is a G-rated. This is a kid's show. Oh, this is good. This is all good. We, we, Even we though Steve keeps daughters in the background, but other than that's that. True. That's Understood. true. Understood. Yeah. Well, tell T, you know, put the earmuffs on. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You've had a lot of special rounds of golf this year. Um, one of them, we know, we were talking about before uh, with our, our mutual friend, Danny Rapport, was at Quaker Ridge. You just have to quickly tell that story because I think you shot 59, but with an asterisk, right? With Dude, I wish I I wish I shot 59. That would be great. That'd be really cool. No, it wasn't 59. I don't know what it was. It was seven or eight. We'd have to text Danny. Okay. Um, okay. Maybe 60. No, yeah. So we uh we played and um we were all kind of hitting and giggling on the first. And right. I put one in a bunker and I was like, oh, I'll just hit one more. So I knock one more out there. And um I ended up hitting the green and the pin was in a super funky spot. So it's funny. I actually ended up three putting. Right. So like, it's not like it did anything for me. If you're in the bunker, right. you end up playing it up and whatever. Right. So I forget exactly what happened. And if I really put my head to it, I could kind of run you through it. But I think I was like one over through four or five and, and then golf got really easy for like two and a half hours. I don't, I don't remember exactly what it was, but yeah birdied like eight of the next 10 or something like that yeah, and i think insane. i birdied like two of the last three i don't uh, yeah oh, something man. something wild yeah but um it's all good yeah I, I i played well that day and managed to uh managed to clip our boy like i think it could be the course record if like yeah, yeah if you hadn't hit the first one off the see that's what danny told us at least so i'm super cool with an asterisk yeah right, right. super on board with that yeah, well, well you so have the funny. 59 at LACC, so. That's right. I did, I that did. Have, like, almost I did. 58, almost yeah, 58. Homa, yeah, Homa can take credit for the for the <laughs> tournament course record. <laughs> right. I'm low-key kind of bitter that the club didn't lean into the course record. Like, yeah. Like, why that. would I ever play in a member game ever again on a Saturday? <laughs> like, if it's that easy, then someone else go do it. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. Give me a break, guys. Yeah, I shot 59. It was awesome. So I'm a dues paying member. Come on. Yeah. Talking Where's about? the credit? I mean, Come on. Yeah. I, from the, the angle yeah. that got posted to that putt, I don't know how it didn't go in. For that was crazy, right? Crazy, crazy. Crazy. I mean, like so two it, feet out, I was like, this is in for sure. Oh, yeah. Man. It's so funny. You talk about the, the Quaker Ridge, though, because I played with Danny there once. And like Steve said, he's always, at least with us, running to the first tee. Oh, yeah. He ran to the first tee once. He literally topped one off the first tee. And he, we're all laughing. He hit another one and he made Eagle with oh, the second. That was so, with me. Yeah. Okay. So like yeah. I've seen him. I mean, I'm talking like he, he almost whiffed with the first one again, totally just cold out of the car. So like I've seen it happen. So there's a lot of first, you know, mulligans off that first tee there, but yes, uh, you want to hit one good on that part. Five. I was going to ask you about the, the 59 because, you know, there was so much talk. You've, you've made it, I think it to four us opens but I know you didn't get into this one this year. What was that? Was that tough knowing that you did have a piece of the course history and everything else was, or were you still able to watch it and everything? Yeah. everything else? You know, that's a, it's a great question. And I totally understand why the question's being asked. Yeah. I think, I think early on I was able to kind of compartmentalize that one. You know, if I get in great, but it's a U.S. open, it's our national championship. You know, it could be played on a par three course. It could be right. played on, wherever right and 
to me, would it have been cool to have played at LA? Of course, of course. Like I, I'm not, I won't sugarcoat it, but at the same time, like, you know, qualifying for us open in the context back then at the beginning of June would have probably meant a lot for my candidacy to be on this year's Walker cup team. Right. Like it didn't matter if it was at LA or wherever it was. Right. So it, it was, it was more important to try and qualify for us open because it was the us open than it was at LA. That has nothing to do, you know, with me putting down on the club or whatever. It's just simply the way I kind of looked at it. It was kind of one of those things where it's like, Hey, listen, no one, you don't need to put additional pressure on yourself simply because you supposedly know the course better or it's because at a place that you've spent a lot of time like no i want to play in the u.s open because it was the u.s open mm-hmm. and, and and did i go no um you know i love the club and i was supporting it from afar um if i had been there on property i know myself and i know i would have been just bitter that you know, i wasn't i wasn't playing and probably would have had couple cocktails and would have gotten like irrationally upset at one of my buddies that figured out what golf was like five minutes ago <laughs> you know what i mean like like there's some holes out there like on uh like on 11 where if you hit it to like 20 feet that's an amazing shot right i'm sure one of my idiot friends would have just been like oh what happened there it's like, <laughs> 280 like, what are we talking about yeah, right, right. it's too funny well, i'm totally i'm totally kidding but not really no no no, no. <laughs> one last thing for me and it's just because you're such a match play savant uh and i just got drugged in the semis of our company match play and after coming in red hot and and i just what's your mentality was it max adler no it was not he no he, uh, i don't think he, he entered this year but yeah i don't think he he'd entered. Be up there he's our he's our best player probably but this is mm-hmm. with handicaps so and i was giving Understood. this guy a couple strokes but i got beat i mean i got beat outright it was so bad and i had been coming in hot but like i went down early and like I just couldn't get anything going. And it, it, looking back on it, it's like, I feel like I waved the white flag a little too early. What, what, mm-hmm. how do you do it? What do you, what's your biggest key to winning all those matches in a row? Well, my key for you, cause that's a net event is we got to get that handicap a little higher. That's right. He does. <laughs> he does. I shot he's, myself in the foot. He's like a four right long. now. I mean, yeah. what is it? What does what, what, what club pro guy saying? Like, you know, that match yeah. is decided on the first hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. Like, what is it? Like, we got to get the kids figuring out a $2 or a $5 NASA on the first hole or whatever it is. What an amazing <laughs> account that is. That's incredible. He's the best. That's so good. Um, yeah. yeah. Hey, so here's the thing with that. Um, I think with match play, one, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so you just got to play hard, right? I think it was Tiger that said you're entering 18 individual battles. And um, just because someone hits it to four or five feet doesn't mean they're making birdie. Right. Go play your game. Don't go, go make sure if you get beat, you get beat, right? right. Someone goes out and shoots five, six, seven under, whatever. It's all relative. But in, in that case, it's all like, hey, awesome. Shake right. their hand. Good plan. Just make them earn it. Right. Earn and it. if you do your thing, you can hit it to the middle of the green, favor the pin. I don't want to say don't give away holes, but like if you go um, said differently, like I'll bring my best, you bring yours, and let's just see what happens. Right. But be disciplined. Um, you don't win with emotion. You win with execution. That I firmly believe. Um, and if you go out and you execute and you play well and you just get beat, hey, no worries. Good plan. Awesome. Right. Right. Yeah, no. Here you go, Myers. Where's Slip? Maybe next year. Lost in the final last year. Lost in the se- the same guy. The same yep. guy. He's got my number. Are there, are there any guys that, that just get in your head that like have your number? 
or can you get can you get over that about me yeah um there's 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 a lot of guys there's certainly guys there's certainly guys especially in the mid-am game there's certainly guys um whose games i really respect and um they're very capable of kind of raising their game to the to the event to the to the to the occasion um you know a guy like mark costanza certainly comes to mind Stephen Mm -hmm. bear scott harvey i mean we could go on and on but there's certain guys where it's like hey like you got to bring it today like these are guys that are not afraid of you they're gonna go and and they're gonna make a bunch of birdies and they're gonna play great so we got to bring it um I don't know why anyone would be intimidated, but like you get the point, right? Like, I mean, these yeah. are guys that like, hey, like when I played Mark this year, um, in the round of 32 in the mid, like you know that you're 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 getting someone for for all 18 rounds. Right. Um, but I would I would say, you know, kind of to to that extent, um one thing I did in, in 2019, and I, I said this um immediately after the mid was um I played this young kid named Max Moldovan who I'd never really heard of. I knew he was a good junior, but I was kind of like, Oh, it's a big course, whatever. You know, we, we both like pushed the first, um, we had driver on the second. I clipped him off the tee by like 80, right? Like 70 or 80 yards. I'm like, Oh, it's in the back. I got it. Right. I'm doing well, let's just do our thing. Right. Boom. This kid who has turned into be an absolute stud at Ohio state, you know, he made the cut at the open this year. He's a baller. And I, all the respect in the world for Max, but he just he did his thing. He didn't care about what I was doing. He 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 hmm. had his targets. He played his game. He chipped and potted the lights out of it. And as I think back, I'm kind of just like, damn, like you really won. You probably underestimated him, hmm. but then you also overestimated yourself. Um so I I give a tremendous amount of credit for him, but I definitely kind of harken back to, to that specific match, you know, with the con with the context that hey, everyone's really good. Yep. You got to, as I said, you, you, you got to bring it. Right, right. It's cool. Awesome. Well, you certainly brought it at Sleepy Hollow. We didn't even get it. I, I thought Steve was going to ask you about Sleepy Hollow. It's like my uh, favorite golf course. Yeah, my, my favorite and my number hey one. guys, I liked it too. I get it. Yeah. You like it. <laughs> yeah, we're sure it's up there on your list as well. As long as, uh, yeah. Anyway, congrats again on, on winning the third mid-am. Um, Fingers crossed, obviously, on the master's invite. And uh, thanks again for taking the time, Stu. Uh, we'll let you get back to work, man. I mean, you're, you're busy. Seriously. Right. You got meetings. <laughs> Wait. Let me, get those t- let me get those TPS reports out. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks, guys. Really appreciate you having me. Um, awesome. Let me know if you need anything else. Sweet. You got it. All right. Thanks again to Stu for joining us. That was a lot of fun. Uh, again, yeah, fellow, you know, New York City office guy like us. You know, goes out there on the weekend, kicks it around, but instead he's one of the best golfers on the planet. Pretty, pretty amazing. In that way, very much not like us. And that way, very much not like us. And we had we had the appearance of Steve's daughter in the background. Tegan was was jumping in there, and and Stu noticed it. He's like, "Oh, that's awesome!" (laughs) That was great. So, uh, yeah, we you know we withheld ourselves from like just gushing over Sleepy Hollow. You're right, Mike. Yes. And that was what we were. I thought we were yeah. both going to ask him about that. No, no. I, mean, I wanted to get his ranking because you know he's played every I know. course in Westchester. Yeah, I thought about it after we should and have asked him to rank it. I mean, he's played everywhere. So everywhere. I mean, it's criminally underranked on Golf Digest rankings. I could say Criminal. that. What what is what is it, Steve? It's like sixty third or something. It's and ridiculous. it's gone. It's gone up though. It used to be even lower. 
gone up last time it made the hundred greatest for the first time and <sighs> might have been the first time ever. Um Golf magazine has it like in the thirties or like even like twenty eight or twenty nine. Good for them. Which that might be a little pushing it, but yeah, I mean it, it's gotta yeah. be at least in the forties. I mean, if it's, it's isn't it's our, our number? Court. It's our number one in Westchester, and Westchester is pretty strong. Like our you, number one is ranking. It? Okay, okay. Yeah. Don't yeah. we all? Don't we all say that? I thought you said that, Steve, too. Yes, I mean it's my favorite course anywhere. So. Oh, so then twenty eighth not does a top top thirty doesn't seem too high then for the whole country. Yeah, but you're talking about golf course ranking. You're talking more about architecture and okay. like not just you know it's a different conversation than just your favorite fun. than just favorite yeah gotcha but, which again though we've all we we should probably put a little more of the favorite fun stuff in there probably yeah but okay fine gotcha two two separate things. i can't and, i can't speak to it i've never played there oh you've never played okay uh, uh, all right well speaking though we'll, we'll get we'll get pump you up here though because you have played olympic club now uh a revamped olympic club uh-huh. after this little uh trip quick trip out there uh tell us about Too quick. the uh, burger dog everything else going on because to me i gotta be honest to me olympic from what i've seen on tv the biggest snooze fest of a major <laughs> championship venue in golf history oh, oh only maybe olympia fields tops it and i know you guys went there this year and that was that was juiced up too so maybe i'm sure it's better o- olympic club to me looks i mean whatever but how was it it was great it was awesome. I fucking loved it. <laughs> um, yeah, you're not going to believe this, but Gil Hans came in and, and renovated it. Um, and he actually joined, it was a media day. He actually joined for a Zoom call from Nebraska in his car, which I'm sure he's working on something there. I don't even know if Steve, Steve might know. Probably. Well, he just opened um, the, the private club there. Um, so... Yeah, he's probably visiting that. That just and he's starting. I know Baltus Rolls upper starting in October, so that guy is just Woo. a maniac in the best way possible. And um, you know, it was typical of of all these courses we've seen him renovate recently. They took out a, a million trees. They he fixed a lot of the bunkering. Bunkering. I know people love that word. Um, apparently, they were like super penal and deep and like almost unplayable mm. when Robert Trent Jones came and uh, made it super hard <clears throat> for the open in, in 2012. And that was not the case yesterday because I hit it in basically every bunker on the golf course and sand game was, was really, uh, really good. So I was able to get up and down quite a few times. Wow. Um, Myers, I don't disagree. Like my perception of that place was, the 18th hole yeah. it was kind of the only hole I really knew. And I, I thought it was like a short, tight, which maybe for the pros, that's the case. Right. For me, it was like so many long par fours over and over, especially right. with the way I'm hitting it right now. It was like it was like Olympia Field, Steve, where I was just pulling out hybrid for every single second shot. Um, but no, to say boring, I would not say that after playing it. Really, really fun and they, the I played with the president of the club. Yeah, I don't know how. Look at you. I don't know how they put me with that guy. Um, and then a guy named Jason Blazy, Steve. He's an architect out there, a course architect that Andy Lack knows. Um, and then Josh Sens from from Golf Magazine, freelancer, good dude. Josh Sens it. Who lives um 
lives out there in San Francisco. But no, I it was a really cool. You could see San Francisco now. They took out a bunch of the trees. You can see Harding Park on the other side. You could see San Francisco Golf Club on the other side. Um, a lot of dog legs. You got to shape the ball. Um, greens are, you know, you kind of run it up the greens now. Um, thanks to Gil, greens were in amazing shape for just, I guess, just kind of opening up. Um, to uh to the media or or they had they they were open this summer um i thought it was i thought it was awesome myers to be honest with you where was what was the one hole that like furic just blasted it left 16 so that was that's a part that was a monster par five which i thought snap hooked it yeah i thought he that was like a short par four no i think because he did three wood oh they might have changed it they moved the tee up on sunday Oh, okay, okay. Off, and he tried to snap one around. So maybe he was, pay, yeah, he was pissed him. about the tee box or something, right? Mike Davis, yeah. mental games. Yeah, Dude, he, blamed, he blamed a snap hook on on a tee box. That awesome. was one of my worst gambling beats. I'll oh, never forget that. Have won that. Man, yeah, that that is, that is a monster par five three shotter. Again, I'm not hitting it very far right now, and I had. 200 in on my third shot um i would imagine if you're hitting it good like you two would would still have 150 140 left uh, on your third shot just a monster dog leg left par five um seven was the biggest change they completely moved the green um it's it's a short par four um and the green was in a weird spot where like yet there was a long ass walk to the eighth tee so they kind of moved the green over it and it's a really cool short par four again if i was hitting it long you could probably um try to drive the green i i could not i cannot do that right now but uh that was the biggest change according to all the the notes and stuff the par threes are amazing there yeah well i remember john peterson making that hole in one on the oh peterson that's right one um during during the open um i was gonna say enough about the, the golf course i mean how about the burger dog yeah, burger right. dog so you've we've all heard about the burger dog i thought it was going to come like pre-made with the relish and i was not even going to eat it because i despise pickles and 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 relish so i was like, like i guess i'm shit out of luck but you get there and they make those things like fresh yeah and they have all the toppings and stuff and you kind of just ask for for what you want it was Makes sense. 12 out of 12 out of 10 wow but the guy goes pretzels with his burger dog. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what what you're getting all hung up I don't, on. Wait, what's about. the deal there? Why? What's what, wrong what, with pretzels? I don't know. Would you have pretzels with a hamburger or a hot dog? It just seems like an odd choice. What else? I'm, I'm what a pretzel guy. I'm a huge. Huh? What would you have? Potatoes? Yeah, they had Lay's. Lay's fucking suck. So I was like, pretzels are pretzels are better than shit ass fucking. Plain please. I'd probably still if take they had it. Cape Cod salt and vinegar, oh, no question. Right. Or Miss Vicky's mm-hmm. or uh Deep River. We're getting shouting out all the brands that don't pay us. Um, I could go yeah. on and on. Wise, I would I would take a wise Lays, Lays can get that um, on my face. I can so that's why I went. It's a little too salty. They're all super greasy, they're usually super greasy so and greasy. nothing to them. Just too no, but Steve, it, with your grip, the grease, it's true. Yeah, good point. it's a good, it's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. That, yeah, the actual burger dog itself, and it sounded like there was some wingfoot s drama with it. Like the 
remember the toast at Wingfoot? They fired the chef, and then they we heard that story. Um, I think like because it's a it's a they have it everywhere. They have it at Silverado apparently. I think they brought it to Warriors Arena. And like, too. Yeah, and like the quality like went down as you know when you start mass producing something, but. The way I heard the story was maybe that the quality's back now. I thought it was incredible. Grilled onions, little ketchup, um, no relish, thankfully. Uh, and the pretzels paired incredibly. There you go. And the Pacifico. There you go. Pacifico, I believe that. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned Wingfoot because I had the honor of getting to play there uh, again. Mm. And... Um, Almost came as close as I've ever come to making a whole one, and it was on a, a, the 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 part threes of Wingfoot. Are, I mean, it's hard to think of a course with tougher, more difficult part threes. There's only one part three that you would even think about. Um, you know, a whole what number seven is one, a one hmm. like sixty shot. All the other part threes are just beasts. So you know, we get to three, and it's two twenty playing two thirty. So I, I pull out my five wood, which is my favorite club, and I hit a laser, and it I couldn't even see it so far. My eyes suck, and the caddies start going crazy because they're like, "Oh, it's coming off the slope," and they're like, "Oh," and they're like, "Oh, we don't see it. It could be in. It could be in." And then like Max runs to one side, Max Adler, um, our editorial director, and he jumps up and he's like, "Oh, I see it." But anyway, then he sticks one. We get up there; it's two inches right of the hole, so it must have just missed right in front of Rick Pitino's house. Um, <laughs> and then Max has hit it to two and a half feet. So I don't even win the hole. I don't make the hole one. Um, I made three kicking birdies on the front nine, three, and didn't win any of the holes. <laughs> Joel Steele birdied the two other ones to match. And those were the easy holes. That was six and nine, but still. And then of course I collapsed in the back. Anyway, it was a, a, a harbinger of things to come for my match. On Sunday with Greg Snedeker, we finally played that semifinal at Mansion Ridge, and he just crushed me. And he played great, but I also didn't play well. Uh, I bogeyed the first six holes. Just can't do that. He parred four of those holes, and so he was he was four up after six holes without even making a birdie. Then he then he birdied seven. Anyway, I got killed. I got to say, Greg played great. It's just one of those things. It's like this one guy on my golf trip, too. I I, I I either lose to this guy or I tie him every time. I cannot beat him. He And he's like a, a much higher handicap. Greg, I was only giving him two shots. The strokes didn't matter. I actually won one of the stroke holes and pushed another one. Um, he just beat the, beat the crap out of me. So close to him. He's His scrambling was fantastic. He didn't even get interesting. He he didn't get off the tee that great, but his scrambling was so good. He he did not miss. Wow. You know how like you have a four or five holes where you have like maybe like a six to eight footer, and maybe you, you make two or three of them. He made all of them. Like he just yeah. did not. The only hole he gave me was the ninth hole. He had such a good drive. I don't know if you know Mansion Ridge. He went for the green on a par on this part. It's an insane par five, <clears throat> but he had to. He was two hundred yards, and he topped one, and he made a huge number but that it was the, that was the only bad hole really that he had he was just so good so hats off to him he's going to play daria who i know took you out cp in extra holes you almost beat her she's one of the best golfers at the at, in the whole company um so it's gonna be interesting to see how the strokes play out there he'll probably be getting a few strokes even if she plays from his tees and i don't know where they're going to play 
But yeah, it's a bummer to come that close because obviously the final last year, Commissioner Hennessy hooked us up. We got to play Wingfoot. Um, and I wanted to play against Daria. She's, she's one of my favorite uh, people to play with. And uh, so anyway, but congrats to Greg. He's got my number. He's beat me two <laughs> years in a row. He's the defending champ. Um, I told him I would give him a proper, you know, respect on this podcast because I know I've maybe taken out a few times shots here or there at the, <laughs> the handicap or whatever else. Um, yeah, no, he, he beat me. He beat me straight up. So there's no, I can't even complain. Surprised. About that. That's surprising. Cause with the time I played with them, when I played Daria, it's was 320 yard drives and, you oh. know, laying the sod over chips or oh. sculling them over the grid. So I'll hear that he got you with a short game. Incredible short game. I mean, a couple pitch shots, like amazing. And even when he was in trouble, then get back and play and then get up and down to either save either right up the bat on one to either save par or, or even to save a bogey to like push the hole because I was just in straight up bogey golfer mode uh, off the bat. It was pathetic. And then, yeah, it was weird though, CP, because once the match was over, he it like loosened above off the tee and then he hit like a few bombs down the stretch. So yeah, there was something about the pressure that kept him from like really freewheeling, but, but everything else was really, really strong. So hats off. I got to go back to the drawing board. I was feeling so good. I was doing my stupid 4.2 song. I knew I was going to get my ass handed to me. So I deserve it. I deserve it. Well, hey, I, I still had a great year. I'm happy. I got my green jacket. I got my, <laughs> my, my dad best handicap index. Uh, I'm very happy, but it would have been nice to win the golf. Di- oh, there's no trophy or anything. Commissioner. Hensi, I mean, you gotta, you gotta get on that. Uh, I mean, Greg, Greg actually more- brought that up. What more could I do? I mean, I'm getting you guys on top 10 golf courses for the Maybe champion. it's not you. Yeah. Maybe it's not you. But Maybe it's not me. I mean, at least, a, at least a belt or something. I'm yeah, running like the Sites did. Cup now. I'm doing this. I mean, like some some of us no, also have to do our jobs, too. You do a, you do a lot. It's uh, and But maybe it's even just something like, although I don't even know where it is, the editor's putter, I've been luck, fortunate enough to win twice, and it's just a plaque and my name is on it somewhere it's a plaque with the putter it used to hang in our office prominently now it doesn't but at least i'm on there somewhere there's no thing here i i I don't care now because i didn't win so screw greg but no i'm just kidding but but there should be something on the line could be a white belt (laughs) the marty hackle belt (laughs) the marty hackle belt white belt would be great match play white belt you gotta be under thirty-two and under thirty-two size waist. That's the Marty. That's the Marty Hackle rule. It's a very rule. inside joke. Two changes. It's the. It's it was thirty-two, then it was thirty-four, and who knows? Just never wear a white belt. <laughs> a good one. Um, I just I just tossed one out the other day. I had like an old hideous one. Embarrassing. No, I tossed. Can't it. do that anymore. I'm proud um, of myself. For well, now that. you got the the tips from Hagestad. I did. Match. I had to ask Stu so, for some tips, some match play tips. Yeah. If there were odds for next year's. Uh, Match play event, I think you'd be, you know, top three on the odds board. Although Daria and uh, and Snedeker, yeah, they'd have to be one two. It's like Bama Georgia going into every yeah. football season. Oh, I mean, I know Bama stinks. Now. Bama's Bama's done. They stink, but yeah. washed but Penn typical, State. Yeah, uh, I I do have to just mention you mentioned your uh, your dad low handicap Myers. Yeah. I'm down to my lowest Bigger. ever, ten two. 
almost almost single digits for the first time ever so you're feeling 10.2 dude good for you feeling 10.2 i I might do a song too if i get to single digits i'll be doing a jig somewhere look man when we played the last time and you hit the seven greens in a row to start that's never done i mean i'm sorry you're at least you're you're a 10 handicap for sure at least to be able to do that you, Thanks, man. I think you had you three parts <laughs> tall, but it was like six straight pars, seven straight greens and reg. I mean, come on now. It's the best I've ever seen you play by far. I know you made crazy improvements through the years, but like it's hard to like keep improving. And you made a huge improvement, and then you kind of were whatever for a few years in a good spot. And now you've made an, a you're gonna you're a single digit, man. You're 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 close. Played pretty shitty at Beatonsbrook last time I played with CP too. I was like we're we're regressing but yeah over the weekend played <laughs> spring and uh yeah had it had it dialed I, I had a stretch of six pars in a row which was Woo-hoo. one of the first times i've done that yeah besides watch on ground besides uh, watching, yeah. and i also have to tell the story we got randomly paired with a dude who's like in the gambling community um mike hennessy who has the same last name as me we like followed each other on twitter had no idea until the end of the round, you know, toward like, like hole 13 or 14, they're like, oh, what do you do? And the buddy I was playing with told them. Um, and so we were talking about it and they're like, oh, we'll follow your podcast, follow you on Twitter. And we already followed each other on Twitter. It's <laughs> the craziest thing. So That's I told them I'd shout out those guys. Very so good. Very good. Um, yeah, man, got an AC trip lined up for this weekend. And uh, nice. It, couple, one more low round, we might be single digits by next episode. So Amazing. we'll see. Amazing. You're going up. You're, you're going down. CP's going up. I've went down, believe it or not. Point Are one. you back single? Point. Oh, no. God, no. I, I was up to 11. Oh. Um, I had 85 yesterday, and we, wow. played, the, we played the Blues. I don't know why. Um, but the two guys, I've, this Josh Sens guy was smacking the ball. Yeah. Um, really like shot and shot like a 77 like almost in his sleep it felt like um wow and the other guy that the art architect um blasts it 280 so i was like all right i'm not gonna the pre- the club president was playing two tees up because he was a bit older i was like i gotta i gotta stick with these guys so <laughs> i should you know a pretty good 85 from those tees it was like 6700 which for wow. me right now is yeah, basically seventy six hundred. So I went down to ten point nine, and okay. another eighty five over the weekend at Fiddler's Elbow, where um, I had six hole. I almost messaged you guys, but I was gonna be like, but I was like, no, this is gonna jank. I had six holes of like, right to left, no way, bliss. Like you were back, bliss, bliss. Like I actually on the one hole I was like I'm on autopilot right now to the whole wow. group. like Jesus wow like that that feeling again and I was like wow I, I think I found it I've got it slotted it's it's launching high it's going right, right to left it's going the distance I wanted to go and then I made one double and just melted down and went no. went back into bad habit yeah it's it's a six point. It really, it really is disgusting. Um, okay, let's wrap up, up quick NFL picks here because there's no PJ Tour event again. Uh, no, another oddity in the schedule. You had the one, the one week, and then off, and then now next week you got the, the Ryder Cup, obviously. So let's do the NFL picks. I honestly do not remember 
Steve's Steve's roaming our office right now. I don't know what's going on. Oh, I think he has a meeting. Oh shoot. Uh, well, anyway, let's do our NFL no, picks. No, I got I got booted from the room I was in. I still have a few you minutes. Got booted? Yeah, someone oh, had the room reserved for ten o'clock. So oh, tough, tough scene. The office um, life. Hagestad would get it. Yeah, yeah. All right, CP, hook us up. What what happened? Last okay. Week? Um, St- Myers, you went two and one. Nice bounce back. Um, Ravens, that was a nice play. Um, went against. Oh, did I win? Um, our crossfires. Then? Crossfire with Steve. Steve was on the Bengals. Steve went one and two again. So you guys are tied for second at two and four. So that's a crossfire for you. Um, I want to crossfire on you with my Atlanta Falcons. Um, you were on the Packers, which you you had the minus two, unfortunately, when we did the show. They ended up almost plus three, I think, by by Sunday. Um, so unfortunate break for you there. You're talking about um, Steve. You beat Steve on that. No, you. Hey, you had I the had Packers. the Packers? Yep. yep. <laughs> A lot of yeah, and then, I, was, I was kind of rooting against them, too. Okay, so I lost a call. But then, so then Steve, we might we might be able to call it a wash here, because Steve had a crossfire on me, Bucks, Bears. The Bears are a joke. I thought I was being sharp, but they really do. Justin Fields is a joke, guys. He's just, please stop talking. It's embarrassing. I've never seen a regression quite like it. Besides, with my golf game right now, so. <laughs> Ravens, Packers, Colt. You had the Colts, Myers. That was your other win. That was an easy one. Um, easy win. My brother took them in Survivor when he texted me. I was like, "That's really that's pushing it. Not smart." And that was the easiest Survivor pick of the day. So good job by him. Steve had the Bengals, the Bucks, and the Chargers. Unfortunate, my guy Herbert. Um, I don't know how many more excuses they can make for for him. Um, I know, man. And- I, I I love him too, but it's like. The coach obviously stinks, the coach but stinks. no defense. You got to be able to. Defense. You got to overcome. But like even when he, Zach Taylor stinks too, and Burrow has kind of overcome that. Right. I just don't. There's some games where like I look at the. Uh, he does a couple things where your, your jaw drops, but nope. then, like you look at the final numbers and you're like, yeah. I mean, he's he's very good, but like I just don't know if he's like great, great, great. I mean, next like, like I mean Daniel Jones, he's great. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean. If you don't think he's a really nice good nice. player, it depends on your definition of great, but at least, if you don't think he's like a really good quarterback, you're an idiot. I mean, he's <laughs> awesome. He had the worst line around him crumbling. I mean, crumbling. nobody's open. He's throwing balls into windows that are like as small as these little Zoom boxes. They got to let Hyatt cook. My God. No, Hyatt, yeah. Let him play. The the Paris Campbell thing. I don't, I don't need to see any more Paris Campbell. Can't even catch a... Screen pass, and how many? And every week is. I mean, I know he got hurt, and he made a couple nice plays, but I mean, Saquon Barkley gives the other team an interception every game. I mean, it's a joke. <laughs> I, I mean, Daniel Jones should, doesn't that have was, an interception this oh year. Oh my god! Like, it's literally a joke. You cannot do that. That's the kind of stuff that Evan Ingram used to do. And I was like, you got to get him yeah. off. Team. Yeah, I don't care what he does. That's good. He and shoots. both of them are in the. They're not like high. They're both right in the breadbasket. Both both picks. Right in the bread bag. Well, the other one was like the other one was stripped out of his hands. I don't yeah. know why that's an interception. How that? But this one was literally like the boom. Right. Anyway, love Daniel Jones. All right, who we got this week? So I don't have to go first this week. Let me let me get the thing up. Yeah, it should probably be. Yeah, it should be Steve. I had Bears, Falcons, Jets. Jets was brutal. So on to the next week. All right. Yeah. 
Uh, um, Complete wash on the crossfire, which is oh, that's out. good. Okay, it works. There's out. no no Torben anyway. No, fine by me. Um, I am. I'm feel like you guys. I haven't done the research this week. Um, I'm gonna go Detroit at home, giving three and a half. Is it three and a half on DraftKings? I'm looking at another second. Yes, three and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half against Atlanta. Atlanta's two and zero. Oh. You know, I feel like Detroit. The the look ahead line on this must have been more than three against Atlanta. So probably catching a little value and overreaction to uh, their loss. So I'll go with that. Um, man, I, I think I have to go with San Fran against our Giants. Uh, mm. Ten and a half. Ten and a half. Ten and a half. Not Pretty a great good. number, but no Saquon. You guys are ripping him, but you know he, he is such a big part of that that offense and um you know the the defense has been pretty lackluster for a lot of these the defense is an embarrassment yeah it's supposed to be a strength it's supposed to be better yeah. yeah yep i mean they were getting oh. shredded in that first half i i, I, Josh could not believe, I could not believe what i was watching yeah Go ahead. so you know on a thursday quick turnaround I, I think san fran blows them out unfortunately um and I don't know about my last one. I, I mean, Kansas City should run the floor with Chicago. No, I mean, two touchdowns is a lot. This is pretty square to, to go with KC, um, giving 13. But uh, I my name is Stevie Square for a reason. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll roll, roll that out uh, with KC minus 13. Wow. Okay. Um, hmm. Let's see. I'm going to start. Man, it's so tempting, but I said I can't do it again. It's so tempting to take the Broncos to six and a half. Oh, my God. I can't do it. Against that was what a, one of the sickest throws I've ever seen. And I know they lost and they're just so miserable, but he was like on his back foot, guy jumping in his face, and it went 60 yards yep. as high as it could possibly go. Like the perfect Aaron Rodgers esque Hail Mary. And, he, and they totally got boned on the two-point conversion. I mean, that's how, the clearest watch, I'm watching these games, and every everything's is a is a penalty. And then they get a guy ripping the guy's shoulder pads out, and it's not a pass interference. I don't understand. I mean, how can you look at that and say it's not rigged? I, it's 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 <laughs> And how can you not challenge that? I still don't. NFL rig Rams kicking a field goal to. It makes, it makes me furious. And now their season's over after that miracle. And he looked pretty good in the gap. I know he threw one bad pick. Fine. And of course, that's the other thing. I don't know if you saw it. Everything's not a catch, except for somehow the guy who made it in this play against him and loses the ball as he falls down. Some of that's a catch. <laughs> I, I don't, again, I don't get it. They got completely screwed. I won't do it because I said I wouldn't do it. I'm going to go with my team that I've been on again, like I said, with the over the Ravens and the Colts did nice for me last week, but I don't think they're great. I think the Ravens are going to win double digits here. It's a big line minus eight, but I'm taking Ravens at home. Um, I am going to take, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm going to take the jets getting three at home. I'm not impressed by the Patriots at all. Wow. That's crazy. Um, the, I mean, the Mac Jones stinks. <laughs> Uh, the, the, the Jets D is very live. They hung in there with Dallas long, better than people expected. Um, so I'll take the Jets there. And then 
Mm, I need one more. Let's see. They really hang in at Dallas. I mean, Dallas kind of destroyed them. They, yeah, but it was they a held game. them to like five field goals. I was I was watching because yeah. I bet on Dak to throw a pick and fucking Sauce dropped a pick six and he yeah. didn't throw a pick. Oh my god! I'm gonna take the Raiders at home against the Steelers. The Steelers won that hideous game last night with <laughs> your boy was... Chubb's career ending. All right, uh, I have in fantasy too. It was brutal. Oh, just awful. Uh, but I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Raiders at home. I know they've lost to the Bills, but they're they're okay, and the Steelers are just okay too and the Raiders are at home and you're getting a point so I'm going to take that so those are my three okay good stuff um I'll go I'll go commanders I'll, I'm liking uh I'm unfortunately liking what I'm seeing from Sam Howell which yeah. is you know obviously not good for the Giants if Washington's going to be good now but um they may have a guy he made some some sick throws Sunday obviously they won the game that was wildly impressive Crazy. They um, were getting nice. killed. They were getting killed in that game. They haven't played anyone yet, though. I mean, Denver sucks. Arizona sucks. So Arizona might might have a little spunk to them. It could yeah, be a cover cover they'll machine. Lay, they'll lay down like dogs once they <laughs> yeah. Oh, and four and five. Um, Bills may have found their groove, but uh, at home, two and zero, probably keep it. I think they could keep that within uh, six and a half. So I'll go Washington. Um. Mm-hmm. Doing this live. Good radio. <laughs> this is great radio. This is Francesca. <laughs> Yo, dude, it sounds like Francesca. I'll I'll take the Chargers on the road. Um, minus one. Uh, I think the Vikings are kind of more ready to to quite literally lay down and die. And and Jefferson requests a trade, and they and maybe Cousins gets moved, and they just absolutely. Yeah. call quits whereas i think you know staley's kind of coaching for his job yeah. herbert uh herbert's the superior quarterback there i, I think they'll they'll go in and and, and get the uh must win because oh and three it's season wow. season over material obviously so i'll take the chargers there and then we'll go with the on, give us a crossfire the boys I, I i want to but uh, I don't want to bet on the Giants. I think I'll go plus the thirteen. Come on, Bears. <laughs> a lot of points. Man, it's a, a lot, lot of points. points. He is so bad, though. It's crazy. <laughs> I drank all that Kool Aid fantasy. I have him in every league. He's my quarterback. Hey. Stick to your the Come on, off-season Kool Aid. Yeah, I'll take the Jets too. I'm joining Myers. That's they Patriots stink. They're Patriots in Alabama. It's it's over. It's it's nice to see. Yeah. Um, I wish you could parlay them both retiring this year, Saban and, and Belichick. That'd be great. So I'll go with the Jets. Um. Yeah, that defense is is pretty stout. That should be a a slop fest. So three points is is plenty. Yeah. All right. Very good. All right. Well. Good luck this week to everybody. Uh, thanks again for listening. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Thanks again to Stuart Hagestad for joining us. Thanks as always to our producer, Greg Gottfried. And please check back next week. We'll see if Steve is a single digit handicap. See ya. Wrong. He's wrong. <laughs>